Welcome to the Red VTV preview show, supported by A-Star Recruitment for the 2022 season, as we look ahead to this Saturday's 2022 Super League Grand Final between your mighty St. Helens and the Leeds Rhinos. Boys, we got that extra week, we're here. There's not much to talk about, is there? It's been a quiet week, David. It's been a very <laughs> quiet week. With nothing going on, only the big dance to look forward to. Yeah, and obviously, as I, I think I mentioned to yourselves, I've been on, on holiday this week. Um, up at a little place just not far from Dundee. Um, nice place, nice quiet. It's got lots of facilities, um, including uh, a hot tub, which has been nice. I've been kind of in and out of there all week. It's been really nice and relaxing. And of course, as you know, when you're going to and from the hot tub, you need to wear flip-flops. And talking of um, flip-flopping, there's been a bit in my past, been a little bit of flip-flopping this week from the match review panel. Nice link. Carry on, Dave. Ooh, plot twist. Are you are you two in this together trying to come up with terrible puns? No, no, this is all my own work. This is all my own work, I'm afraid. Kev, if you if you feel we're twisting the conversation, feel free to shout. Yes, I will do. I will do. Indeed, right. Let's get on to the, the, the main topic of conversation, the one that everybody in the world will be watching us for for once. It's the Super League Grand Final. No, nobody wants to talk about that. What they want to talk about is this man. <laughs> Mr Knowles. Um, now... Let, let's get this straight. And this I'll say from my point of view, Kevin, Peter, you can join in afterwards. When we saw this at the game, I seen a replay on my phone and I think I initially said to you straight away, Kev, that's a ban. Other people around us who'd seen it said, that's a ban, he'll be banned for that. We did raise it on the fan reaction video. But given that this is Red VTV and we are extremely biased, and although we like to give our open and honest opinions equally, we also want to see our side win trophies. So we've said we'll mention it. But Kev, you will say it's a matter for the disciplinary, which it was, and yep. we fully agree. Kev, yep. did you think he should have been banned initially from what you'd seen? Would you yes. have had any complaints? No, no complaints. Should have been banned. Kev Cunningham um, obviously dove in and, and uh, ruined our plan by saying he should have been banned at the time, which we were all in agreement with, let's not lie. Um, I think we've been completely open about that. Um, we did mention possible mitigating where, where it might not be as long of a ban because um, he didn't take him to the floor. But I think we were all expecting him to be banned and then when the news came out, it was no surprise. Peter? Yeah, I completely agree. Watching the game on TV last week, um, when you've seen the replays, I thought it's not quite a chicken wing, but I fully expected that it would be a ban, possibly one game, but obviously when initially it came out, it was two games because obviously it has previous. Um, but if, it, if it, the ban had remained in place and he wasn't in the squad and he wasn't able to play, at Old Trafford on Saturday, I don't think any of us would have had any complaints whatsoever. But um, obviously things took a bit of a, a twist. He did indeed. 
Now, obviously, people will have seen our Red V timeline during the week. When the ban was announced, we didn't complain. There was no issues with the, the with the, the ban that got announced. We didn't kick up a, a storm like we would normally. Um, I was quite vociferous in my arguments regarding Jack Wellsby. I didn't even think it should have been a, a caution. I don't think that... I genuinely do not think that was foul play. I think it was a perfect tackle. And my argument was... And I don't know whether you'll agree, Kev... Um, that just because you make contact doesn't automatically make it foul play. Yeah, I agree with that. Listen, it's it's a contact sport. Um, you are going to have... You can't turn around and say accidents are foul play. Yeah, you can be better at things, but if I can slip in, I, I don't see where Wellsby's going with that one. He's coming, hitting well. I've seen some Salford fans... I mean, one of my mates... Who I actually worked with said it should have been a red. And you know, when you think you you play the game, I'm not entirely sure that, that you'd have a, he's a prop as well. I'm not entirely sure he'd have a career if um, if we were gonna have every single one. Yeah, there's a duty of Kurt on the pitch, but that to me was just a big tackle, one that is unavoidable because the player slips, and not every not every tackle that in, ends up with contact to the head is malicious or foul play. And equally, I think there was numerous incidents in that game as well. I think there was one early on where Benison got rattled in the first two minutes, which I thought was foul play. I didn't think the, the man rapped at all. I thought he went in with the shoulder, bounced off him. I think his own man ended up getting hurt off the back of it. I think they lost... Um, and the Akers. Yeah. Um, and nothing was mentioned of that because, do you know what? We could be here all day. You can't, on one side, say, bring back the Biff, and then every time somebody gets slightly touched, be crying for a ban. Peter, there's a plot twist, as you've said. So, yes. Morgan Knowles gets banned, Saints appeal, as they are completely entitled to do. As every... Listen, and we said, based on John Bateman being named in the... Um, the England Knights squad to, to to run down his ban, which is basically the RFL working against their own rules to get somebody free for the World Cup. Saints had absolutely nothing to lose by appealing the ban, did they? Because if they'd have had games on, Morgan Knowles would miss internationals. So, and, and listen, I completely disagree with club bans going into international rugby. It's bizarre. It's just it's just a stupid situation. Club bands should stand well, domestic bands should stand domestically. Saint appealed. This is where the plot twist comes in. Because they can't wear their own bands properly. So Kev, I'm gonna hand over to you to give us a bit of an explanation. Why are you handing over to me? <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> so First of all, Saints have, as you say, have rightly followed the rules that are given to them by the RFL in being able to appeal. Um, the RFL, when they threw out Saints' first appeal, have almost contradicted themselves uh, by saying that Morgan Knowles couldn't, hadn't taken the play, or hadn't put the player at a risk of serious injury because he's not taken the arm. Um, 
beyond its full range of motion, for want of a better phrase there. So obviously, Mike Rush, who I believe is, or I'm going to get on the phone to him and see if he can um, reverse Burnley's relegation, maybe Brexit as well, but we won't get into that. Um, I've seen this discrepancy. We've lodged the paperwork before 8am, which means, uh, before 11am, we lodged it at 8, which meant that we got heard the same day. And we've used a little bit more evidence and the and the ruling from um, the first appeal to win the appeal with Morgan Knowles. Now, there, for me, we're following the rules. We've done nothing wrong here. Any contrarian who thinks that we've done something wrong here just isn't taking full facts into consideration. We're not the first club to appeal twice this year as well. I mean, we all remember Harry Newman screaming in the face of the referee at the Totally Wicked. Um, his frivolous, when he got had a game added, they appealed against that. Reese Martin, again, done the same. To me, it shows the whole disciplinary process is weak. It's a weak, weak thing. To allow your decision not to be as watertight as you can make it is poor. And that's not to say that you can't appeal it, that a club can't come in and appeal. But having a club come back and tie you in knots over the wording that you've given, it's a bit of a joke, really. And it, it just reminds me, of, was it Mr Mister Loophole? Now, I'm not, I'm not comparing Saints to this, but the fellow who kept getting um, celebrities off driving bands, anyone who... He's up in arms about this, but says that they'd take like a fine and points for an offence like that. Uh, if there was like an error, a clerical error to get them off it, to me, is well, they're either better than me or they're, they're, they're trying to make themselves feel better. I'll just jump in, Kev. So basically, at the first appeal, the, the board who sat on, we're on Thursday now, so it was on Tuesday night. Agreed that although he applied pressure as and basically put him in a bit of a vulnerable position, it says, um, in their opinion, it was wrong. That, it was wrong that there was an unacceptable risk taken by the player, as the arm was never in an unnatural position. So at that first appeal, based on what they believed and what they stated had happened, he should have been found not guilty at that point. Yeah, because the charge, the initial charge, is not proven, and that is what we appealed on because they got their decision wrong based on what they'd agreed had happened. End of. And do you know what? The only reason it's successful is not because it's saints. It's because, well, actually, it is because it's saints. Because saints are clever enough to know legal jargon, legal speak, and other clubs clearly aren't. Done. And do you know what? It's not an unnatural position. Look, I can do it. Yeah, I mean, if I can, if I can come in here myself, you're, what you're saying is absolutely right. Although you seem you've done yourself a mischief there, you might be at the final on Saturday now. Um, Saints were savvy enough to notice that what they had written in their own judgment was was flawed, and I believe any club, if they had a bit of savvy, a bit of someone at the top of the tree who had noticed that and knows would know how to come back with that, 
and, and offer uh, a, an appeal based on, look, we might say it's a clerical error, um, but they're reading their own judgment. They left themselves wide open. And I think any club in that position should have the savvy to appeal and they would be successful. Uh, so and people can say, oh, it's, it's corruption in favour of Saints and all the rest of it. As you said yourself, David, Saints have been smart enough to notice what the panel have done, how they had got the wording completely wrong and left it open for Saints to, you know, drive a truck through the hole they had left in their own judgment. And, um, you know, there's, there's no corruption. All it proves is that once and for all that the whole rugby league disciplinary system needs completely overhauled. Um, we've benefited from their incompetence, if you like, but we have been on the wrong end of their incompetence. Other clubs have benefited and got the, the dirty end of the stick, if I may clean that phrase up. Um, but it needs, it clearly needs um, some more kind of legal knowledge on the panel to make sure that um, this doesn't happen again. If they hadn't worded it badly, Morgan Rose would have been second appeal would have failed and that would have been it. And we'd have, we, would have been, we would have accepted that completely. Um, I don't but, even, I'm sorry, please. I don't even think they've worded it badly. I don't think it's a clerical error. They've actually stated they didn't believe it posed an unacceptable risk. If they wanted to maintain that ban, they had to agree with the first decision and they didn't end off. So, listen, should he be banned, in our opinion? I, I wouldn't have complained. And, did, and we didn't. But as Saints fans and as a club, are we right to try and get our best players on the pitch in any way possible? Of course. I mean, any any club should and would do the same. And we wouldn't blame them. We might not like it if we're playing a final and it was against Wigan, for example, and they had fought hard to get someone back in and available that we thought should be banned. We might be, kind of, the shoe might be on the other foot with us in that instance. But I'd like to think we'd look at it with a level head and be fair and say, well, that wasn't worth a ban. Um, like the Reese Martin incident, you know, he's missed two games, which his team has won, but a ban, really, it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But it's going to work in favour of some teams. It's going to work against us again. And, you know, then all these people have been you know, invading your timeline, my timeline, Red V's timeline, Saints' uh, Facebook page, everything. I'm going to let the left wag in their face because I realise it's not pro-Saints at all. It's just we were smart enough to, to notice what they had done and to take full advantage of it, as we are 100% entitled to do. Can you imagine if it had been the other way around and this was a lead player and we were playing them in the final? Can you imagine how much of a dog with a bone I would have been with kicking <laughs> off royally and you know what this is why I'm I spent last night basically on the wind up because I've got no issue with the way every fan's complaining about it because we'd have been exactly well we me especially would have been on social media absolutely hammering the RFL but I wouldn't have been calling leads for it I'd be I'd be calling the incompetence of the match review panel to not ensure that the original decision stood I, I think I think to be fair, you're right though, because there's a lot of people who have completely embarrassed themselves. Because they, what they've done is, uh, Peter's used the word, they've started arguing corruption, and in this, I include former top level referees who have been on social media today and called it corrupt. Fans of other teams calling it corrupt. 
They're doing it off the basis. And this is where the RFL again have let themselves down. When that came out last night, the minutes should have been pr produced. The reasoning should have been produced. It can all be out there. <laughs> then the idiots who haven't read it, to those who have, and get why it's happened. They might not agree with it, but there's a reason why it's happened. But you've got people at all level, contrarians, people who who think they know better, just like having a different opinion because it might get them some clicks, some shares, some likes, whatever. <sighs> They've embarrassed themselves, absolutely embarrassed themselves. Aim your vitriol at the people who can't get their own, and you've said this in the past, Dave, their own decisions to stick because they should be going and saying, here are two or three other examples that we have planned for two games. This is what we're basing it on. There you go. But it feels like you try and rush it through. We're telling you on a Monday, straight away, bang, there you go. We're rushing it through. It doesn't work. Listen, Tongue, a little bit in cheek here. Saints could well be trailblazers now in the fact that this all now, it gets completely wiped. I know Robert Hicks is doing um, a review into it. But the way that the disciplinary is now dealt with, Saints could well be trailblazers in getting that sorted. So all these fans who turn around and say, oh, I've had enough of rugby league now. Listen, we've had worse than this in the past and people have still watched. And if you are that uh, disillusioned with top-level rugby league, don't throw your love of the game away. Go and support your, your amateur club. They'll, they'll take your money. But stop throwing your toys out the pram and embarrassing yourselves. And I think the way the, the way the disciplinary panel set up, you'd have a team of three on the Monday who make the initial decision, and then the other team of three are the the panel for the the uh, the appeals. So you could equally argue that the panel that sat on the appeal initially, if they'd have been the panel on the Monday, they wouldn't have. They could potentially not have banned. Morgan Olds to begin with, because they'd have said it didn't pose an unacceptable risk. And this is, or to me, shows the whole match review panel and the whole disciplinary is literally based on individual opinions, not facts. Yeah. And, and the fact that you allow people off the field to re-referee games on a Monday morning based on watching a video, I think doesn't work. I think the system needs to be more like I say more like football, and football don't always get it right. But the, the the referees need to be more empowered to make decisions on the field about red cards and whether they become an instant ban based on what sort of offence it was. And then equally, for me, it shouldn't be up to match review panels to be picking out the most innocuous incidents at times. If something is that serious and needs to be dealt with and it hasn't been dealt with on the field, it should be up to the individual clubs to cite players after the games for me. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that, actually, um, because obviously that happens. Uh, that happens in rugby union at club level, um, at international level. Uh, and I think, as you say, you shouldn't be re-refereeing re the match on a Monday. Um, I also think the match review panel, surely if they're looking at games, um, there should be an opportunity for the, the, the match referee, let's just take St. Salford, that when they're looking through that game, why not invite Chris Kendall to sit with you and, and, and sit with them and have a look 
at it as well and, and let him, because he made the original decision on the day. If he feels that was wrong, then he can perhaps say, yeah, well, yeah, maybe should have been a red card. Or, no, I've given the yellow card there, I don't think it was, or whatever. Then at least you've got the referee that was there on the day involved in it, rather than, as you say, three people looking at it on a Monday, three different people look at it on a Tuesday. You know, you've got um, a Craig David song about incompetence just writing itself there. Um, but involve the referees who were there on the field and let them have a second look at it. It's, it's like delayed VAR, but at least the guys who made the decision on the day can have a look at the call they made and in the cold light of day say, well, you know, that, I maybe got that one wrong. That might, that, well, that was worse than it looked at the time or that wasn't quite as serious as I thought. But it would make more sense to me to have those guys involved because they are the guys at the sharp end. I think, yeah, I think one of the things is the RFL are that scared of the um, legal action that's, that could go ahead with regards to um, people getting head knocks and things like that, that that's why they're doing the re-reffing of the games. Um, but it just, it means that you watch a game on a Friday and then you, the first thing I do around lunchtime on a Monday is start looking for these. Why, why am I looking for these? Why is this becoming part of me? I mean, listen, I know doing the social media for Red V at times as well. But why am I looking for for when people are banned? That that shouldn't be what I'm doing. Who am I not going to see this week? You, you see it and you think, yeah. If we're going to start nitpicking, then it, you're taking you're taking away things that people haven't noticed in the people haven't noticed these in the game. The Morgan Knowles one, yeah, completely different. It's been yellow carded. It's been seen by the referee. It's been dealt with, and he has been. Found not guilty eventually. Um, Can I but... say, Kev, how many, you, you raise a really good point there. How many times, right, we're in a couple of WhatsApp groups and there's a couple of them where maybe 150 Saints fans in the group. How many times this year have some of our players appeared on the disciplinary list and not maybe got a ban, but got a caution or have done something, or even times where they've got a ban? And it's not something that was noticed. And there's a couple of instances that we've come across where I think James Roby got put on the list last week. And everybody on the group has turned around and gone, what was that? I don't know what it is. I don't know what he did. Mm-hmm. And if it's it's not that obvious. And then the other point I've got to make, there's no, on them disciplinary panels, there's no referees there. It's being decided by players, not referees. So the Morgan Knowles incident, for example, it didn't get seen by Chris Kendall on the field, did it? He had to take advice from a, from the video ref, who is another qualified referee, who has watched that multiple times on video and still only advised Chris Kendall to give yellow for 10 minutes. If it, if it is that bad, how come on the referee seeing four or five viewings didn't go, that's really dangerous, it's a red instantly? I don't get it. There's two things, though. I think there is a ref who sits on there, but he's not a Super League ref. And I don't know if he's a former ref, but there's, there is someone who has officiated. Uh, the second thing is, I'm going to go back to our least favoured half-brother rugby union here. We've got a big screen in the ground. Why can't Chris Kendall go and have a look at it? Why can't Chris Kendall talk to his video referee and say, what have you got for me here? Well, I'm looking at foul play. 
okay, what foul play? He's twisting his arm. I think he's twisting his arm beyond where it should be going. I think that serious foul play to do could cause an injury. I'm looking red. And do that. I'm looking yellow. Do that like they do in rugby union. We have fallen since being innovators of bringing it in. We have fallen so far behind with it. And I think that goes from right at the top of the referee scale. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. It, it works in rugby union. They don't always get it right. They don't always get the decisions the way that, you know, that some supporters would like them. But fans can then see that the referee's looking at the screen and they can see what he's looking at. And viewers at home can hear the discussion between, like, uh, you know, the, the TMO as it is in rugby union and the on-field referee and the touch judges as well. And they can really see how the process is worked out. And they can understand why they've come to a decision. They might not agree with it, but it's there. They can see it. They can hear it. And I think you're absolutely right. It needs to go to that level on field because I think what you would get in that instance is more decisions being right more often and made by the referee rather than having to get um, you know panels reviewing it and coming up with innocuous incidents that no one who was at the game can remember actually happened. And as you say, the one with like robes, it's like, you know, what was that? What did he even do? No one had a clue. Um, it shouldn't be like that. It should be stuff that's obvious. But yeah, you're 100% right about them using the big screen. Uh, and perhaps that means you need big screens and video refs at every Super League game. So there's no obvious advantage or disadvantage to teams who are on TV too much or not on TV as much as the top sides. So it's a completely level playing field. The mad thing as well is how many times, and I'd love to, um, this might be a question we need, we need to ask some players at some point, how many times do some players appear on lists for the disciplinary and don't even know what they've done themselves and can't remember the incidents because it's that innocuous? It must happen. It must do. Um, and then yeah. the sad thing is this week, it's grand final week and we've sat here now for 20 minutes talking about a disciplinary decision because it's just... You could argue that it's give the game publicity this week, but is it the right sort of publicity? Does it take away from the fact that Leeds have done a fantastic job to rescue the season from going from relegation candidates to, to grand finalists? Um, so, without further ado, I think we probably have to move on. Um, oh, before we do, sorry. Mike Rush's kinky VCR dungeon does it again. <laughs> Yeah, all that, all them video cassettes come in handy. He was, uh, he was lofty above us on the west stand on uh, Saturday, wasn't it? Um, and um, obviously he's he's run home, got the got the old video recorder out, put it on, and spent all Saturday and Sunday uh, scouring other incidents and uh, and yeah, and and yeah. working just good on him. Yeah, never never mind, mate. Legend. Never mind Mike Rush MBE or Mike Rush CBE. It's Mike Rush VHS without any shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Listen, do you remember, probably going back 89 years, because Saints weren't winning, everything in the world was Rush's fault. Yeah. Whether it was the price of chocolate eclairs, or, or, chocolate eclairs, not cake ones, but the price of the sweets at the bars, <laughs> the queue for the toilets, anything yeah. in the world... <laughs> Was Mike Rush's fault, and now people have seen the man for being what he is, which is an absolute legend. If the RFL had any sense, he'd be their new chief exec because 
he'd sort the game out. Don't, oh yeah, don't let. I'm sorry, that's as bad as John Lewis trying to sell all our place to the NRL. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the man, the man's an absolute legend. He should be up for a Pride of St Helens Award this year for uh, <laughs> services to the the town and in, in doing what he does for the club. But anyway, right, grand final. We need to get onto it. Move on. We don't want to talk about the disciplinary anymore, do we? So what we'll do is we'll announce the squad and we'll use Morgan Knowles. <laughs> Our media team have, um, have, have pulled the good in there, haven't they? I'd have used Rush's face, to be honest. Yeah, true. Right, Kev, talk through the squad. So Will Hopoart is back in. Josh Sim is back in. Um, and Dan Norman's back in. Sam Royal and Taylor Pemberton miss out. We only named 20 last week, which is why there's three in and two out. Um, so, yeah, so the, the I suppose the big discussion is who plays fullback? Peter. <laughs> I knew you'd come to me first. <laughs> uh, well, for me, it's uh, a very, very simple decision. Um, if Will Hopalati is fit, you start him at fullback. Um you push John Benison to left wing. He's played there a number of times, not without a place. Move Percy in one to centre. I think that would be a brilliant partnership uh, down the left side there. And you've got uh, the option of putting Sione Matautia in the back row or perhaps having him coming off the bench, uh, bringing some impact. Uh, what that also gives you, perhaps thinking ne- not negatively, but worst case scenario, if anything happens with Will Hopoati, then you can revert to the the team from last week. Move Wells, uh, sorry, move uh, Benno back to full back. Matautia centre, Percy in the wing. Because if you drop John Benison, you don't have that option if anything happens with uh, with uh, Hopper, and that means you have obviously Wells back to full back. Robes into seven, and would rather not do that as I think we've discussed on here before. Um, so for me, that would be the team because Benison doesn't deserve to be dropped. Is on the, the other point. But I think looking at worst case scenario with Hopalati, it's they, it, that option gives us a chance to put last week's starting thirteen back there. Um, I think it probably means in that case James Bell unfortunately misses out for me, which is a tough call because he's been playing well recently. But it just shows the strength and depth of the team that we've got three, four injuries at the moment, top players. But um, we're getting to the stage where we're having to leave guys out who are playing well. In the grand final, but for me, that's um, that's that, that would be my, 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 my starting team for Saturday, Dave. To counter that, then do you think that Christian Wolf will go that way, or do you think after playing the team that he played on Saturday with Percy and Siona Metalchi as that left edge, he will stick with that? I don't think he'll change round many positions. To to because oh, straight away you you you're moving different chess pieces about. Sadly, I say sadly, I disappointingly I, for John Benison, I think he'll miss out. Um, I think I spoke last time Will Opawati played. Um, I can't remember what game it was weeks ago, isn't it? But he played the first half and went off, and we looked at a completely different side in the second half. And I maintained on that fan reaction video: if Saints are to be successful and win a grand final. I thought it was going to be against Wigan at the time. Will Hopoati needed to be in that team because he's a match winner. Um, now, given that we don't need to make any other changes, I think Will Hopoati comes in. 
And I think the majority of the team, probably most of it, will now stay the same. Um, I just think he'll he'll go with experience and, and big game winners. And unfortunately, I say unfortunately, listen, John Benison's come in. He's been absolutely fantastic. He scored the winning try, won us the semi-final. He probably didn't expect to get half as many games as he's got this year. And whether he's in that 17 or not, he has been an integral part of us getting into a grand final and hopefully winning it. Yeah, I, I tend to call... Well, I've called him on a couple of groups that we're in uh, a creature of habit, Christian Wolf. He doesn't tend to to change things. John Lewis is getting a bit of hammer here because he keeps saying Sirenen into six and Sirenen into prop and stuff like that <laughs> towards the end of the season. And that was never going to happen because Christian Wolf doesn't do that. While I would... Because we don't know that the... the um, the Will Hoppawati full situation, I would probably err on the side of caution and go with Pete, something more like Peter's team. I tend to think you're right in the fact that we're not going to see that many changes. He doesn't like changing things. We've been saying for weeks we need to get these, um, these relationships, these partnerships working. We've had one game with it. Yeah, we're going to drop a, a key player in in Will Hopalati if he's fit, but it's just what he does, isn't it? So, who do you think misses out, Kev? Um, Sim Davis, Norman, and Benison. Yeah, that's exactly what I've got. I've got Hopper at fullback. Your wing and centre partnerships the same as last week. Um, and then, but well, the team the same as last week, except Hopper for Benison. And then my bench would be Lusick, Bell, um, LMS, Wingfield. Yeah, I think the only way, just before um, we asked Peter who he'd have missing out, the only way that it changes if, if we went with the team or if I went with the team more like Peter's, obviously, then you're looking at probably James Bell missing out um, rather than because you, you're going to keep Wingfield in as a reserve prop, you're going to keep LMS in as your reserve prop. And then it's Lussick on the bench. Um, and then you, you're playing about with that last second roller spot, really. Uh, who misses out for you, Peter? Well, I think, uh, obviously, Dan Norman would miss out. Um, I think of the uh, Sim, Ben Davis. And as I alluded to earlier, for me, again, erring on the side of caution, uh, James Bell, although if he plays he won't let us down um, just to re-emphasise my, my reasoning, I think Benison doesn't deserve to be dropped I think that the Percival Benison left side would be a, a fantastic weapon um, and I think unless, if you can guarantee, if they can guarantee me that Will Hopalati is 100% fit to play for 80 minutes, then perhaps you know, leaving Benison out might be the option, but I just think we need Benison available just in case anything happens. Um, because it's happened two or three times where um, Hopper's had to go off. There was the game against Hull KR a few weeks ago. I think that's the one Dave was alluding to. Um, when I was down for the, the Huddersfield game, when we beat them 25-0, he went off. The Salford game earlier in the season, he probably would have went off if we hadn't had other problems that night as well. Um so I think that has to be in the back of Christian Wolf's mind that if that happens in the grand final and we have to move Roby to seven, 
that totally changes the game plan. Totally. Whereas moving Benison to fullback, Percy onto the wing, Sione to centre, doesn't totally change the game plan. Um, I think that would still give us, would be able to still approach it in the same way. Whereas there's a, for me, there's a greater risk of having to totally change how we play, taking Robes out of nine. Joey, not that Joey Lussex wouldn't do a good job there, but you don't have the interchange option and the, the, the halves then are a very, very different look. And I just would have a concern that it might have an, a, a, an adverse effect potentially on our chances of victory. I could be totally wrong, which I, and if I am, and it turns out that we win comfortably playing the team you guys have suggested, heck, I'll, I'll, I'll take being wrong every day of the week. But that's my reasoning. Um, I'm sure some people will agree with me, some will agree with you. But um, just with past, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't think there's a right. Yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrongness. I actually, yeah. agree, I actually agree with your team. I that's what I would go, go, go with. <laughs> but the team oh. I've, the team I've yeah. suggested is the one yeah. I think will go with. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the same boat. Um, yeah. The lead squad then, Kev. Big miss for them is Aidan Caesar and um, Reese Martin's obviously back from his bad good goal kicker as well for them. So Tommy's going to have to be on his game um, if he gets the opportunity. Um, Aidan Caesar missing out has, has brought up a, um, a good question that I'll put to you both. Because of the protocols with regards to head injury assessments, do you think there should be a bigger gap between the semi-final and the final. So, A, there can be more build-up, more time to buy your tickets, but also so some players don't miss out because they're going through the head injury assessment protocols. Peter, go to you first. I can totally take that point of view there um, in terms of player welfare. It's probably a very good shout um, because it's obviously a, a, a real shame for... Caesar to miss out because you know through no fault of his own he's not been banned um, he's not picked up a, a, a terrible leg injury or shoulder injury and that. he's had a he's had a head knock and he's probably absolutely fine he's probably fine to play but because of the rules in place and the protocols in place he has to miss out the only the kind of drawback for me and the first thing that came to my mind was if you take Saints that would mean that we would have played one game in a month before the grand final. Um, Leeds would have played at least, you know, two, for example. So they've had that extra hit out, and I think it might leave you getting a little bit cold, potentially. Um, now, I know, obviously, maybe the player welfare should be more important, but as we mentioned earlier, when we talked about the Morgan Hall situation, all we're interested in is Saints winning. Um, I don't know. I can see the argument for that, but for me, I think the teams who finish top, then their advantage becomes less of an advantage because of too much time between uh, meaningful action. I think if we had two weeks between the semi and the final, we'd probably be onto about appeal number six. Leeds have also named Ash Hamden in uh, the squad. He's been suffering with a foot injury, but they're giving him every chance. Uh, they are missing quite a few, though. Jack Walker, David Fusatua, Harry Newman, Aidan Caesar, as I mentioned, Morgan Gannon and Tom Holroyd. Um, 
they've obviously got a player that we know very well, Dave, in James Bentley. Um, he's just got to keep his head and stay on the field, hasn't he? Yeah, and we've got LMS to try and wind him up. <laughs> um, James Bentley's been tremendous in recent weeks. Listen, and I don't think we said anything different when he was in a Saints jersey. James Bentley's always been a tremendous player. Yep. James Bentley's issue has been losing his cool. Um, he's managed to channel that in recent weeks and he's yep. showing the player that he is. And he's one of their most dangerous players and we need to to make sure we stop him. Um, Leeds have been excellent in recent weeks. I know I've, I've called them, what did I call them? A small club. <laughs> I'm glad and, you said all this. And you... I, to be fair, I didn't call them a small club. I call the fan base a small club because it's amazing how they could only manage to bring 150 or whatever it was to the Totally Wicked Stadium. And when we showed them up for it, they were quoting cost of living and everything else. But as soon as a final appears on the horizon, they'd all suddenly manage to empty the pockets. Um, It's true, though. You can't argue. It, 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 listen, if cost of living is your reason for not being able to go, it doesn't matter whether you're in the final or not. Food comes first. So, it was a poor excuse. Let's be honest, they didn't travel because at the time, they were crap and they were going to get battered <laughs> everywhere they went. And that's what the case was. They were getting battered everywhere they went and the fair weather fans and they all disappeared. Like they've all disappeared generally for the last three or four years. They may quote that they still get big attendances. Brilliant. How big's the city? They're getting the same size attendances roughly as Saints in a place four times the size. So that's rubbish. So they all stopped going because they were rubbish. Rowan Smith has turned up. And let's be honest, he's done a tremendous job. And the bandwagon is rolling again. And they're all going to turn up thinking that they're going to win it from fifth. Guess what? They could. Because it's a final, it's at Old Trafford, games can go either way. They can win it. They'll go on about us at the time. Not, we won't fill our end up because we'll probably have some empty seats. Yeah, because we're a small little town and we don't have as big a bandwagon. Our fans generally go home and away, travel with the club. We take decent numbers. We took them to cast when we played the kids. We've travelled with the best away travel in Super League and we just have less Klingons than they do. Sorry, what were we on about? You know when, when you always say that I get on my soapbox and go off on a rant and it's like Jerry's final word? Was that your version of that? Yeah. But anyway, can yeah. Leeds beat us? Yes, they can. Yeah. They've demonstrated if you can go away to Catalan and you can go away to Wigan and win, that team that they all put out on Saturday have to be respected. It's a great final. It's been set up perfectly by Morgan Knowles. He's gave attention to the game. Everybody will be tuning in. Saints have become the mill wall of rugby league. Everyone hates us. We don't care. People are saying, if Saints win it, it's a tainted win. No, it's not. Because guess what? In 20 years' time, no one's going to remember that Morgan Knowles played in the final. The history books would show that Saints have won it four times in a row and created history. I see very little Leeds fans remembering Lee Smith getting found guilty of kicking Phil Bailey of Wigan in the head in the semi-final and was found guilty but was punished for kicking a player in the head with a £400 fine 
then played in the final, scored the winning try and walked away with the Harry Sunderland. But let's be honest, things even out eventually. So get your money on. Morgan Knowles, winning try, Harry Sunderland winner, smiling at the cameras. Sorry, what were we on about? No history with betting, Dave. Yeah. I wouldn't get people back in that. Sorry, Peter, yeah. you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, what is there left to say after that? That's. Uh, well, I'll tell you what was... there is. <laughs> I'll tell you what there is left to say. There's one name in that squad that just makes me feel a little bit queasy, and it's just seen the name Sinfield in there. <laughs> yeah, that's all I see. A, a true fella who can kick you to death in a final. Oh, I know, I know. But listen, I mean, see, in, in fairness, we're talking, obviously Dave's been a bit tongue in cheek there as well, I think. But Leeds do, as they did allude to, they do have a lot of useful players in that team. Yeah. That's that's not not a shoddy team at all. There's a lot of guys there. You mentioned Bentos, guys that are hitting form at the right time that Rowan Smith's come in and not not maybe turned them round, but he's made a few minor adjustments and he's got guys playing that weren't playing. He's got guys like Bentley and Tetovano to screw the nut, to use a good Scottish expression. Um, you look at Oledsky's a cracking big prop. Um, you know, you look at the round that Cruz Leeming at nine is always a threat. You can't take your eye off him. Um, you know, if Handley plays, then they've got a real strike threat out there as well. We absolutely have to be on our, our game from minute one to minute 80. And Leeds will fancy it. They're, they're in great form. I mean, they've, they've not just beaten Catalan once away, they're beating them twice away. Um, they've gone to Wigan and won. No one would have given them a chance of doing that uh, three, four weeks ago. They were five minutes away from not even being in the playoffs at home against Cats. Um, they, they pulled it out of the fire. So they're, they're on a winning run. Their confidence will be sky high. A lot of their fans and probably some of their players will be reminded of their record against us in grand finals. I hate to bring that up, but it is what it is. Uh, but we can, we've got a chance on Saturday to rewrite history for all those of us who are on the, the terraces, the stands at Old Trafford for those games, a chance to right the wrongs, to put the record straight. Um, but we're going to have to play well to do that. We're not going to get it given to us. Reese Martin back in the side as well after his ban. And people will seem to forget that two weeks ago when he was banned or whatever it was, that we were all over social media as Saints fans going... That's unfair. He shouldn't be banned. That's ridiculous. But you know what? We're not one-eyed most of the time. Um, and one man who will be delighted to see Reese Martin back in the team is Zach Hardacre because he won't want to be taking kicks against Saints in grand finals because we all know what happens there, don't we, Kev? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yes, we do indeed. Um, that's it. a couple of names that were thrown out there. Cruz Lehman, he might play at seven on, um, on Saturday, depending on how they go. But that just means that Brad Dwyer will have to do his um, turn into prime Cameron Smith, not not the one in the lead squad, the Aussie one, <laughs> uh, against us like he usually does. Um, as a Wigan lad, I'm sure he's he's always got a little bit of a fire in his belly against us. Um, will, he, will he play against yeah. Who? Dwyer? Yeah. Off the bench. Probably off the bench, I'd have thought. Um, if Leeming plays from seven, then yeah, I'd have thought he'd come on off the bench. And that's kind of where he brings a bit of liveliness to. Um, and once he, if, when he comes off the bench, that's when, if well, when Joey Lossett comes on, uh, he's got to match that energy and um, he, he's got to he's got to 
tackles forward in, in Kansas City. He has, missed, he has missed out in recent weeks, though, hasn't he? Because ja- obviously Jared O'Connor's come through. Yeah. But as um, I say, if, Le- if Leeming has to drop into seven, depending on what they do there with the backs, whether they, yeah. they push Myler up into the halves, um, if Leeming drops into seven, O'Connor into nine and Dwyer off the bench, I'd have thought. I'll tell you, that's okay. something else. I'm glad you mentioned Myler there. He's another one who's almost got a new lease of life. Um, we probably all thought he was uh, coming towards the, the latter end of his career, maybe dropped down into the championship. But I'll tell you what, he's he's come really come on to a game. He's 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 found his place, and for all the the, the flashy stuff that Caesar does and Austin does, he's the kind of calm head in there. Um, he scored a lot of tries recently as well. He's made some, you know, timed his runs to get in the gaps, and 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 really has. Uh, I don't know, going back to prime Richie Myler of maybe a number of years ago. So that's another guy we certainly can't take our eye off on Saturday. At least Morgan Knowles has uh, taken the spotlight as being public enemy number one. <laughs> Do you know what? It's going to be pantomime booing all the way through, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and that'll just be when we, when we arrive. <laughs> right, predictions. Kev, for you first. Um, Saints by 10. Damn it, that was mine. Um, I should have went first. Well, I normally... Well, I can't. I was going to say that, but um, I'll steal steal your your other one. I'll say the Saints by 8. Reese Martin can kick an extra goal, so it's only 8. There you go. I'm going to go Saints by one. <laughs> Not a Morgan Knowles drop goal, surely. Morgan Knowles drop goal. <laughs> but it'd be Saints by one with a Morgan Knowles drop goal taken with the last kick of the first half. Fair enough. That's, that's, that's Morgan the drop goal. You left it to the last game of the season for the most random prediction you could pull out. No, in reality, I, I, do you know what? And the reason I've got the most random silly prediction is because you know what? I don't care so long as we win. Yeah, that's true. You've asked for a prediction. Listen, I wouldn't like to to do one usually. But uh yeah, I'm just I'm just hoping we can get over the line and, and our experience in the past couple of years will see us through. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Right. I think that is us done and dusted, boys. Thank you for the discussion. Um, You're not getting overtime for this one, I'm afraid. (laughs) Fair enough. Right. We will catch you on Saturday for the instant fan reaction. Yeah. Win or lose. Because win or lose, Kev will be on the booze. (laughs) But we don't hide in, like, success or defeat. We'll be filming. We can fan 13. What? What? Wigan fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's he gone? He'll appear. We get beat on Saturday, he'll appear, and any credibility, which was probably not, will will have completely disappeared. Because you can't go hiding when you lose. You've got to front up. Like Kev Cunningham crying at Wembley. <laughs> exactly. And is and that's what gives you credibility, the fact that you stand up and you take listen. I give stick all year round. Mostly this year, it's probably Leeds at times. And if yeah. they beat us on Saturday, fair play, you take your medicine. Yeah. Right. Done and dusted. 
Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And we'll catch you, hopefully, with another trophy in our arms on Saturday. <laughs>